0: Welcome to episode 50 of the Girl About The Globe podcast. This episode is all about solo travelling in Oceania, so if you have ever wanted to go to Australia, New Zealand, Fiji or the Solomon Islands, then this episode is for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Girl About The Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. Did you know that the region of Oceania is good for nature solos, beach solos and the outdoors solo? So Oceania is made up of Australasia, Melanesia, Micronesia, Polynesia. This region includes Australia, Fiji, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, New Zealand, Palu, Papua New Guinea, Samoa, Solomon Islands, Tonga, Tuvalu and Vanatu. It also includes American Samoa, the Cook Islands, French Polynesia, Guam, and New Caledonia, Norfolk Island, Wake Island, other territories belonging to the USA, New Zealand, Australia, France, and the u k. But the most popular countries for solos here are Australia, New Zealand, and Fiji, which offer backpacking adventures and the chance of meeting other solos. You can visit one of the other islands for a more luxurious holiday. They're not really for the the backpacking kind of solo. The Pacific Islands are also more known for couples because they're very romantic and very beautiful, but some of the islands do attract solos. If you're looking for somewhere a little bit less discovered, then I recommend the Solomon Islands, where you can dive within sunken wrecks and underwater volcanoes. You can lose yourself in the jungles of the Cook Islands, swim in Tonga's lagoons, or explore the volcanic islands of Samoa. Micronesia is in the western Pacific Ocean and it has more than 600 islands with locals who mainly depend on farming and fishing. You may find that people are more accommodating in Vanuatu than French Polynesia, so you may prefer to have company here rather than going solo. In this video I'm just going to go through a summary of some of the most visited countries in how to get around, starting with Australia. So Australia is a place of very vast distances, beautiful scenery and islands. It's also a solo traveller's paradise with cities, wetlands and a vast outback. Australia was the first country that I ever travelled to solo and I recommend it for first time solo travellers. It's got cities, wetlands and a vast outback. The Red Centre is home to Aborigines, Australia's indigenous tribe. And In here you can learn more about their origins or you can just marvel at the changing colours of Uluru, known as Earth Rock, at sunset. Party hard along the Sunshine Coast, explore the wetlands of the Northern Territory or just enjoy the coffee culture and the boutique shopping of Melbourne. You can take a drive along Great Ocean Road, climb the Sydney Harbour Bridge or take a boat trip around the harbour. If you prefer marine life and underwater worlds, you cannot miss the Great Barrier Reef, it has some of the best diving on the planet. Boat Ride Away is the island of Tasmania, which I definitely recommend going to if you have time in Australia. I hired a car and drove around the island, and it's just such a beautiful island with fantastic scenery. It's also, well it boasts, the cleanest air in the world. The food and wine here is honestly just divine, and you cannot go there without visiting Wineglass Bay, which is also one of the most photographed beaches in the world. You can discover the ghostly past of Port Arthur, which is very cool to do on a night tour, and you can spot the island's famous Tasmanian devils in one of the wildlife parks. Australia is known for its travelling culture. So, wherever you choose to start your Down Under adventure, you're guaranteed to meet others en route. Most people travel along the East Coast, which is known for its party atmosphere, but because of its ease, many gap year and younger travellers choose to visit here to experience life Down Under before entering the job market. Travelling solo in Australia as a woman is absolutely fine, people are really friendly, but you do need to just be prepared for a few strange lost souls in the outback, especially in Katherine and Tennant Creek. So as I mentioned, Oz is a great place for a first-timer. You've got endless hostels and hotels. Everybody speaks English. It honestly is a traveller's dream. Then across the Tasman Sea is New Zealand, which is a country formed of two islands. It's known for its stunning scenery and it's perfect for nature solos. And also, if you love Lord of the Rings, then you definitely want to go to New Zealand. From the cosmopolitan city of Auckland to the tropical bay of islands, New Zealand is bursting with adventure and the resort of Queenstown is an adrenaline junkie's dream. I actually did a bungee jump there and it was from the original bungee over the bridge. It was a very different experience, one that I wouldn't repeat, but if you want to do a bungee jump, that is the place to do it. There are other areas... In Queenstown that you can do one as well. You can visit Milford Sound for the impressive waterfalls, Invercargill for, for a bit of a Scottish vibe or ankaroa for a trip to the Lord of the Rings Middle-earth. New Zealand is also another country that is perfect for the first-timer. It's smaller than Australia, cheaper and it's really safe to travel around. Plus you won't encounter those strange souls in the outback. If you love outdoors and adventure sports, then New Zealand is for you. It's also popular for those on a working visa and as part of the the round-the-world ticket combining Asia or the Americas on the way. People there are really down-to-earth and it's so easy to travel as a solo. You could even hitchhike if you got stuck. So how do you travel around Australia and New Zealand? Obviously, Australia is so vast that the country needs a lot of time. Don't expect to be able to travel around all of it in a matter of weeks. There are so many different methods of transport that you can use. If you want to meet others, there's the Oz Experience. There's also the Kiwi Experience, which is their sister company in New Zealand. These are kind of party buses. I say party buses because they do attract a bit of a younger crowd. I did the Oz Experience in Australia and I was quite lucky with the group that I had, which didn't party too much, but they do have that kind of reputation. So... If you're slightly older, or that isn't your purpose for travelling, then you might want to consider it an adventure bus if you don't want to be surrounded by twenty year old party goers so stray travel, which I've also used in New Zealand, it's more for the adventure traveller, and you can find yourself like water rafting or kayaking on your chosen stops and I also met some great people. There's also a bus network to get round, and some bus companies apparently allow you to buy a segment the various sectors that you want to do. If you do want to see either of these countries at your own pace and you can hire a campervan, it will give you more freedom on the road. And it is perfectly safe, but driving it in the Australian Outback is not really recommended, unless you like a challenge and love driving for hours on a straight road, not seeing anyone else. But you can rent a small 2 camper campervan, which is more than enough space for one person. If you're gonna be there for a while, It may be worth looking at buying a camper van or a car instead of hiring one and then you can always find others who want to do a road trip and share the costs on the way, especially if you're staying in hostels. You can then sell it when you finish your trip. For longer distances, so say for example if you want to fly from Sydney to Perth, there are internal flights with airlines and there are also internal flights from New Zealand but you have to experience one of the epic train journeys if you're going to Australia which go all the way from Perth to Adelaide or up through the Red Centre. You can get sleeper seats for the longer sections of the journey and there's also a buffet car for snacks where you can meet other people as well. And you also have the option of exploring when the train stops. You can explore old mining towns which you wouldn't see normally if you weren't travelling on the train. In New Zealand, trains are limited and expensive so taking a car or driving yourself around could be the cheapest option. There are also ferries between the North and South Islands, so you don't need to fly between the two. If you are hiring a car, you might need to drop your car off when you get to Wellington, which is the south of the North Island, and then pick a car up in Pipton, I think it is, the top of the South Island. I'm not sure if you're allowed to take your car across on the ferry. Another area that is very popular with people in Oceania is Fiji. But as well as luxurious holidaymakers, Fiji also attracts those backpacking from Australia and New Zealand. I did a side trip from New Zealand for four nights, and my whole package included my all-inclusive rate in a hostel that had 40 beds. But it was very fun, and I was very young at the time. It included my flights and the accommodation and all of the food. It was perfect and the tropical islands are the perfect place to relax. You can try your hand at water sports and spot turtles. Fiji may conjure up images of white-powdered beaches, but the capital, which is called Zuba, does have its crime, so you do need to be a little bit careful when you're transiting through to the islands. Unless you're sunbathing on one of the beaches, keep yourself covered up, especially if you're in the rural areas, and you may find yourself paying kind of tourist prices on the coral coast. So avoid those kind of areas if you want to save some money. Travelling around in Fiji, there are express buses that take you from the mainland, boats that take you to the islands. Ferries operate in French Polynesia, or you can choose to cycle, depending on how much power you have, how much energy you have. You could even take a flight to Easter Island to maximise your trip. I've been to Easter Island, but I flew from Chile, but you can also fly from Oceania as well. In Vanuatu, expect to find minibuses and to travel on the back of trucks truck to get around. Papua New Guinea, which is a place I have not been to yet, but it is on my wish list. It has hundreds of islands, many of which are barely touched by tourism. If you're interested in tribal culture, then visit Papua New Guinea for mud men warriors and thousands of other tribes, like the Skeleton tribe. But as well as tribal traditions, its attraction is also its tropical birds, beaches and coral reefs. And you can also go diving there. If you are travelling around Papua New Guinea, port... Morrisby is the capital, but you do need to be a bit careful there, as well as Nile and Mount Huygen. Getting around Papua New Guinea is expensive, so chartering a vehicle in internal flights are costly. There are minivans and dugout canoes, but only locals really use them. If you do want to visit this country, it can be easier to join a group tour. Next is Vanatu, which is an archipelago made up of more than 80 islands with breathtaking landscapes and lots of water activities. Vanatu is not yet a hotspot to visit so it's not crowded, and it's great for those seeking some alone time. Even if the locals are very friendly, nice and respectful, you still need to be careful with what you wear, so avoid wearing any revealing clothes outside of the resorts to swerve any unwanted attention. Vanatu is known for its low crime rate, but although it's a very safe place to visit, you still have to be very vigilant. Travelling around, the best way to get around Efate, which is the main island, is either by taxi or by bus. And avoid going out to isolated places or taking public transport late at night. So the highlights of Oceana are adventure sports in Queenstown. You can watch turtles hatching on a Fijian island, watching croakers on Watnest Island, diving in the Great Barrier Reef. Visit Mount Yasor volcano, marvel at the Bungle Bungle Range in Western Australia, visit Hobbiton in New Zealand, climb Fox Glacier in New Zealand, snorkel Murray Lagoon in Rarotonga, or visit the tribes of Papua New Guinea. Oceana does have a seven wonder of the world, which is obviously the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. And if you're going to Oceana, I do recommend spending at least two weeks because if you're flying from Europe, it's a very long way to fly. So that's it. I hope that this episode has inspired you to go to Oceana. If it has, then you can find out more on the solo travel in Oceana guide on the Girl About the Globe website. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our Girl About the Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlabouttheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.